0: What's happening? Welcome to the People Show on a Saturday. On a big day where it TPS equals the PD show, not the people show. And you can react with us 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber Tech inbox. Also 604-280-0650. We'll take your calls. In the first half hour of the show, on a historic day for your Vancouver Canucks, as Elias Pettersson commits to the franchise for the next year, a winding saga that is uh, taken from July 1st and the start of the season, and nobody will talk. And Is he going to talk? Will he won't talk? Will he get traded? Won't he get traded? Uh, it, it, it's all been solved here as it's uh, been coming to a conclusion here. Uh, all right, we'll get to your thoughts coming up here. Randy Janda is also with us. Randy, how are you?
1: I'm good, Vic. I am This is. I wasn't expecting an early wake-up like this, but here we are, massive news for the team and amazing news for the team when you can lock in a franchise cornerstone for eight years.
0: Uh, keep coming in with the thoughts, 650-650. Uh, a lot of techs are already streaming in as this news has been dropped in the last 90 minutes here and uh we will keep coming with your reaction uh randy for me the the first big thing is the 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 retool the rebuild on the fly the build by build brick by brick that patrick alveen has been talking about for a year and a half uh has kind of come to a conclusion
1: it has and you know you start looking at maybe the uncertainty in regards to this contract and there was certainly going on in this market uh you you look at the process that's played out and you look at you know the situation that's played out here a bit where last year last year there was a conversation of hey can you turn around the culture can you get uh, something good going on not only on the ice but overall organizationally and you can you put together a winning product and a winning organization where uh, an Elias is going to say hey yeah I want to be with this team for a long term and and when you start looking at that big, that's exactly what happened here. Where it's not only a commitment of you know dollars. Of course, we were talking about ninety plus million. We we're talking about an eight year deal. Remember, going back even a few weeks in this city, there was still you know, is it going to be a five year deal? Is it going to be a, a three year deal? Is it going to be something that's really short term? And to get this locked in for eight years, not only shows that that you know retool as you mentioned it, but the commitment to a. Winning from this organization in the last year, which has been exceptional, you know, fighting for top spot in the league is one thing, but to get your top player, one of your top players locked in long-term really sets the tone in a different way as well for the future.
0: So just to catch you up, it's an eight-year deal at $11.6 million AAV. Which is 92.8 million dollars for Elias Pettersson. That is signed. It is sealed. It is now delivered to the to the NHL at office. Elias Pettersson will be here for the next eight seasons. There will be a press conference coming up at 9:30. We will carry that live for you here. Brendan Batchelor will join me then uh, on the second half of the uh, show as we go till 11 o'clock. Randy, you got Hockey Night in Canada's duty, so you'll uh, have to depart at some point. But 92.8 million dollars, 11.6. You know, we talked about numbers basically for, what, a year and a half? And for me, the the sticker shock here, like, I I could have made a case for upwards of 13, Randy. 11.6 is shading fairly low.
1: Yeah, when you look at this number, and I'm with you, I thought based on a couple of things that we would see a higher number. First of all, you know, we're talking about a player that is still young. He's 25 years old, and you can command a little bit more because... That UFA status is not that far away, and this is, you know, a player that could still become the first Swedish player in the history of the NHL to have back-to-back 100-point seasons. Like that is a thing that could happen. So, you play down the middle of the ice, you can command more. And what we know about the cap, about where it's going to go in the future, if you're a player, you could say, "Hey, I, I want to. I know where this is going. I I could technically command more." So to get this player. At 11.6 million, when he has not entered the prime of his career, and hey, 11.6 million is a lot of money. 92.8 million dollars is something all of us can only imagine. But for him, you know, this is an individual that, in the UFA market, probably gets closer to the number that you're talking about. So for the Canucks, I, I think a couple of things here: Patrick Alvin to get this done before the season is up. Uh, really, really important for the team, really, really important for Elias Pedersen. Also, it takes two to tango, and and we've seen in the last week here, they made it happen. Uh, the other thing is to get him at this number, which, you know, this is a guy that is trending upwards. He's got 398 points in 387 career games. He's a not a finished product yet in terms of the NHL game. To get him at this number at 11.6 Bic and lock him in for... Eight years is is a win for this. And in my opinion, a bit of a master class from Patrick Galvin and Jim Rutherford.
0: Yeah, and we know. Look, the cap's going to go up to eighty-seven point five to eighty-seven point seven next year. Uh, potentially in a couple of years, you could be looking at ninety-five, ninety-six million dollars. Even beyond that, like well, we're not that far from a hundred million dollar cap. And now it's it's going to be eleven point six percent of the cap here. Pretty quickly, it, it comes in at thirteen point eight nine percent of the cap. And if you go to a handful of contract comparables that that I was using, and the number that I kind of hovered around is. Value-wise, it probably makes the most sense at eleven point eight, but you know leverage and how this game is played of finalizing a deal, you could see it going up to 12, twelve, twelve and a half, or even as I mentioned, thirteen. You could build a case for it, whether or not it comes in at that. But thirteen point five eight percent is basically less than what John Tavares signed as a UFA to go to Toronto. It's about it's it's a hair more than what Jack Eichel signed uh, when he signed his eighty million dollar deal. Uh, so, it's, so it's in that range. It doesn't go past, you know, the Crosby signing his 12-year deal, which was at the time 14.5% of the cap. It doesn't go past uh, Austin Matthews signing his five-year deal, which is 14.6% of the cap. It's it, it's a very reasonable number here.
1: Oh, for sure. And when you start looking at the breakdown of the deal, just for the listeners, if you're just waking up right now you your Saturday morning, rubbing your eyes, saying, what just happened, uh, don't worry, that was about <laughs> us about an hour ago as well. Um, Elias Pettersson, he's getting paid... $47 million in signing bonus when you put it all together, uh, starting off with a $12 million signing bonus in the first year of that contract. Uh, and in terms of salary, it's $45.8 million. So that's the breakdown. We've seen that in the last number of years where signing bo- bonuses are a big part of the deal. Um, so yeah, overall that number, if you think about it, you know, to get a center and David Pasternak is one of the best players in the NHL. We've seen what he can do. Um, he is a little bit older than when Elias Pettersson, uh, but you're essentially getting him on that cap hit and he's a winger. He's one of, like I said, uh, you know, and, and a player, uh, in that, in that ilk, of course, and past does make an 11.25 and Elias Pettersson playing the center position and expected to go up and, uh, need I mention you know, playing in a Canadian market, we've talked about that. There's a, sometimes a bit of a Canadian tax, right? Where mm-hmm. there's a greater responsibility. Uh, the heat is hotter in these markets. So to get a player that is trending upwards at 11.6 Bic is something that you start looking across the league. And uh, there's a lot of faith in Elias Pettersson to become a much better player, even over time, to to add more things to his game. Uh, this is, this is a, a pretty solid bet on a player that is expected to get better. And I, I think, you know, the personality of Elias Patterson, where he challenges himself, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. It seems like a, a pretty strong bet. I know there's going to be a lot of reaction on the phone lines, on the text inbox, but I I think this is a win for both the player who's making their money, gets the certainty of not having to hear the noise anymore about you know where is this going to go, uh, maybe that stress in it was. Potentially, and Elias mentioned that to uh, uh, Ian McIntyre. Rick Tockett mentioned the media availability. So you don't have to deal with that anymore. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And now as a team, you can focus on having your guy there. And we haven't talked about this yet, but that cost certainty of you got your most important piece locked in. Now you can work on Philip Filipronik and potentially here, Bick, the trade deadline, right? You've got something set in. Now you can, you can look ahead and saying, okay, are there some players with term that we can look at? Because now we know that Elias Pettersson's locked in.
0: If we're preparing for an 87.5% of the cap, as you just mentioned, uh, what it looks like for next season. uh, Now there's about 24.7 million in space, right? So we've mentioned, you know, Philip Peronic numbers, 8 million could have been around there. We'll we'll see if that's where they ultimately go. But just to give you an idea of where they're at, it's $24.7 million dollars. Uh, projected cap space for next season, assuming 87.5 is a number. That's all per cap friendly. Uh, but uh, the, the, there's a lot of questions coming in about the actual uh, flow of this deal, right? Like, like what is the contract structure? You mentioned the signing bonus. Uh, so just to set this up here, uh, for year one of the deal, it's 2.5 million salary, 12 million in signing bonus, 4.5 in the second year, 10 million in signing bonus. It's 11 million dollars uh, straight salary in year three, and then it's uh, four years of $5 million signing bonus with uh, de-escalating uh, salary from 9.45 all the way down to 3.7 for the final three years. So $22 million in the first couple of years there, Randeep, and you know coinciding with the the next you know CBA negotiation in and around there at 2026. So star-level players are going to try to get a lot of money here in these next couple of years with their signing bonus and Elias Patterson, uh getting $22 million of it in these next two years.
1: No doubt, and that's a trend where you're starting to see a lot of contracts in the NHL that are front-loaded, and that's exactly what's going on here when you talk about the salary of the signing bonus, right? That $12 million signing bonus in year one of the deal. Uh, One thing to keep an eye out for, I think you know, maybe 10 years ago, maybe five years ago, it felt like the NHL salary of these players was the end-all, be-all in today's day and age and with Elias Pettersson. I think there's a real value. And Austin Matthews is showing this in Toronto where if you're in the right market, the money that you're making in your salary is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to your your earning value. And there's a value in staying in Vancouver for Elias Patterson beyond hockey to say, hey, I'm on the radar, I'm on the I'm on I'm in the news every single day, and that benefits your brand. So we're talking about, you know, in today's day and age, when it comes to, to athletes and athletes making money, uh, this is ninety two point eight, which is going to be paid by the Canucks, uh, but there's still a real benefit for a lot of players to play in Canada because the endorsement dollars, that you're getting a lot of eyeballs on you. Uh, so to me, Bic, I think having this front-loaded contract, it's going to you know, really dictate what happens across the league because this will be used by a precedent by by certain teams, I'm sure of it, uh, maybe certain agents as well. But there's also an element of off-ice to say, hey, I like what's going on in Vancouver. There's a winning culture. But from a business perspective, it makes a lot of sense to stay in Canada too because you get a lot of opportunities that you might not in other markets.
0: Well, the other point too, I've been making this point since uh, the summer here, Randy. You know, if, if, if you consider legacy, right? And Elias Pettersson has harped over and over and over again. Like winning is really important to me. If you win in this market, like really win, not just, hey, the vibes are good as they are right now. You go win a Stanley Cup. I'm not convinced that there's a better market to do it in because the first Stanley Cup here is going to be as impactful as any other city. And if you want to consider legacy, and you mentioned all the rewards of being in a Canadian city, the the visibility you will get, the mm-hmm. brand opportunities, but the legacy, if you're trying to cement that, yeah, okay, look, like winning the next one in Montreal might be is is obviously big. Winning the next one in Toronto is big. And I was talking about this with Yannick earlier this week and those markets themselves might view it as, oh, it's it's such a big deal because it's those markets. But you win the first one in Vancouver, as far as legacy goes, I I don't think there's a better spot in the NHL.
1: And that's very true, right? This is a market that has been a hockey crazy since basically 1970, 71, right? Mm-hmm. Now you start looking at the want and the desire to win a cup in the city, of course that first team, whenever it is, when they win the Stanley cup, whenever that happens will be, you know, we talk about 82, 94 and 2011 in a certain way, just imagine that. And I think being a leader on that team, of course, for some people, it might be something that's daunting. It might be something that is, you know, overwhelming, but if you're built a certain way and I feel like JT Miller and Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes for that matter, as well as the captain of the Canucks, uh, you know, it's very much the organizational mantra right now. It's that you lean into that. Uh, And the fact that Elias Pedersen signs this deal, gets it done. And really, this is not a talking point for the rest of the year. If anything, you know, it kicks in next year when you're making that money and you gotta, you gotta prove your worth. That happens with a lot of stars across the league where you're going to be in a position where you're going to have to prove that you're, you're worth that dollar. Man, that happens to everybody, whether you're a $4 million player or $11.6 million player, but you make that, you know. That signing, you sign on the dotted line, and that implies that yeah, you're ready for the challenge. So I'm with you. I think this shows more about the mentality of the player to say I'm not going to shy away from this. This is a moment where maybe some people in this market and Vic, we've had these discussions. Everybody in the city's had discussions of is Peterson going to stay? Does he want to stay? Uh, is he ready for the Heat? Clearly, by signing this deal, he's ready for the Heat, and you love to see it.
0: Uh yeah the the only other market I'd maybe put up here and it's it, it's different scale but it's, it's you know Winnipeg maybe right like that, that, that that's really about it. Yep. Um, uh, outside of that, it, it just feels like it, 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 as far as legacy, um, this is a great opportunity. Now he does have to speak about it one more time. Uh, he's uh, set to talk in about fourteen minutes. We will carry that presser for you live here on sportsnet 650 a lot of reaction though 650 650 uh this one please explain what the advantage is between signing bonus versus salary july 1st comes around or whatever the date is you know different players like to stagger different days traditionally it's an in, in july though you get a big chunk of money immediately it is not every two weeks waiting for your paycheck that that, that friday hits you're like all right that one's to the mortgage. That one's to the rent. July first, yep. uh, a big payday uh, slaps into Elias Pettersson's con- uh, bank account. Which uh, again, twelve million the first year, ten million uh, the the second year, nothing in the third year, but then five million dollars every other year uh, all the way till the end of the contract. So July first is our, you know, traditionally, you know, we're we're, we're proud to celebrate Canada Day. Uh, but uh, for Elias Pettersson, it's uh, it's payday on July first.
1: Yeah, we're thinking red and white, and players across the league think green, because that's what's hitting their bank account. They're getting, they're getting that money, and um, yeah, that's a lot of money in the first two years, $22 million of that deal right off the bat through signing bonus on July 1st, but that is a trend across the NHL, uh, which you don't get that straight salary. To your point, the $2.5 million in the first year would be like getting paid every two weeks, um, but yeah, there's that lump sum that comes in right away.
0: Uh, 650, 650, a couple of other texts here. Uh, Scott in Calgary, while this feels like a win-win deal for both team and player, great to see the max term and AAV below $12 million, trying to bring back, or time to bring back Trader Jim to make another big trade. That is Scott in Calgary. Uh, there is uh, dissenting opinions, though, too. Money not well spent uh, coming in uh, unsigned here to the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. The other part of this, too, and this is unsigned text, uh, PD now sets the ball. Everyone takes less to build this Canucks culture. Let's go. It might be a built-in suppressor basically on, hey, no one's going past this for the next eight years. Maybe in, in four years time, Quinn Hughes mm-hmm. resets it a little bit, but this is probably your ceiling of, of what you're going to see uh, for contracts the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah, and if you start looking at, you know, players that are locked in, JT Miller's locked in for the rest of his career, so you don't have to worry about that even though that production is on par with Elias Pettersson. Um, Quinn Hughes, yeah, that's going to be an interesting, an interesting one because, you know, this is uh, the best defenseman. He's the heavy favorite to win the Norris this year right now. And, you know, will he reset the value? But to your point, if Elias Petterson's a 100-point guy every single year, um, those guys get paid more. So even though you know, Quinn Hughes could be one of the better players in the NHL. Is that internal cap going to work in your favor? And really, if we're talking about that type of money for Quinn Hughes, he'd be resetting the defenseman market across the NHL, right? Uh, That would be a a number that you would see um, that would go above the Eric Carlson's and go above, you know, like the Kale McCars of the world. So, you know, potentially down the road, Bick. but yeah, this is a contract that on, you know, you might have dissenting opinion. I've seen some tweets as well, reply to a couple of the ones that we sent out but of course there's pressure on the player to produce that's what happens mm. I don't care what era of Canucks hockey I remember when Todd Bertuzzi signed his new deal and remember he scored the goal after signing and then he kind of made the motion of throwing the monkey off his back right like that was that's the reality of a star player in any market when you sign the big deal but you know that's why you get paid the most in franchise history because the organization feels you can do that so to me yeah of course Elias Petterson getting paid is half of the story now you got to go produce on the ice but we can all understand that this is a special talent the numbers back that up and this is a huge signing and you know setting the course for the future of this organization
0: i just wonder too if, if this shifts you into a new competitive window as well now that you've got the solidity of you know hughes petterson uh they're, they're, they're locked in for some term here does it shift where they think as an organization, right? Because we're sitting here talking about, hey, go make another trade. Um, there, there was a lot of calls from fans this week say, hey, like, you, you don't know what the future looks like. He's not really negotiating. What if he leaves in the summer? But now you're locked in. Do you enter a new phase of, of your roster build?
1: For sure. And a couple of things, right? First of all, the, the nightmare scenario was the Matthew Kachuk thing playing out in Vancouver. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Which you know, in a lot of ways, look you at Cali- from nightmare
0: to dream. Right, yeah, like eleven point six is- is, is is fever dream here,
1: it, and that's crazy because you know, think about it. Uh, Elias Petterson doesn't talk very much, so. Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alveen don't talk very much. So what happens when the, the two parties in question don't talk very much? You, your mind starts to wander. You start to think about nightmare scenarios, and that's what happened in this market. But you don't have to think about that anymore, where currently Calgary's in a situation, they're kind of in no-man's land right now. They're making trades to get you know rid of Chris Tanev, uh, Noah Hannafin, and all that, but they're not really sure where they are. And the Canucks can avoid that here because they're not getting rid of one of their best players and they're one of their franchise players, which you know Calgary had to do with Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk. Now, to your point, you have clarity on your two, three most important players. Of course, there's going to be a Thatcher Demko question down the road. We'll see how that plays out. But when we're talking about the spine of the team down the middle and in defense, uh, even excluding the goaltender in this scenario, you have you have clarity. And yes, you know it's kind of like the Sidney Crosby example in Pittsburgh, where if you have a player and i'm not saying Elias Petterson Sidney Crosby obviously Sidney's one of the greatest players of all time but if you have a strong spine if you have a franchise defenseman a Norris level defenseman and a franchise player pick in terms of Elias Petterson yeah it gives you a window there's special talents on your roster and you can build around them even if there's a lot of turnover
0: Pick Nazar Randy Jandy here with you today on a big day where Elias Petterson has put pen to paper on a 8 year deal Keeping him here uh, all the way through till twenty twenty uh, sorry twenty thirty two uh, here in Vancouver, and it is eleven point six million dollars per season, ninety two point eight total. And you can react here, 650-650, into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, they will uh, talk in about eight minutes here as they go to the podium. So we will get to that here in just a moment, too. Some final reaction here, Randy, uh, before we go over to uh, the press conference at Rogers Arena. I'm shocked he took under $12 million. He's such a rare player. Within three years, it will be the equivalent of a $10 million deal. So the reaction, uh, you know, it's it's... Probably eighty twenty in in favor so far in our inbox here.
1: Yeah, and I can understand that because listen, you know, it's a how do you you know what have you done lately type of uh, mm-hmm. league, right? Where the most recent examples and two goals in February, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people saying, hey, he hasn't done much in February or or this that. Um, look at the largest sample size you have, which is you know a player in three hundred eighty seven games is nearing 400 points he's at 398 and at 25 we don't see the best of players you know what you have in the nhl at a 24 or 25 year old uh player but do you see the best of that player 25 no i think the next two years next three years as you know Elias Patterson really settles into his game and we saw that last year with 102 points we're gonna see that this year where he's on a 99 point pace as of right now, and he'll probably have a few more spells where he's going to dominate. So to me, I think when you start looking across the league, not looking at, the last, you know, five to 10 games, when you start looking across the league and you start to compare what Pedersen's been able to do in a Vancouver Canucks jersey and where he's really sitting in a lot of, you know, multi-point game statistics, his ability to take over games, Bic, I'm with the last texture. I think the value on this deal, it looks good right now, but in a couple years, when he really settles in and when you start to see him, you know, hit his prime, uh, it's going to be a value deal even more so.
0: Randy, we'll hear you tomorrow on the broadcast. Thanks a lot for uh, jumping on with us in the first half hour on a, on a massive day.
1: All right. I'm just, it's kind of like the Heart Foundation. I'm taking in batch for the next segment. So let's <laughs> let's go have a good show.
0: Uh, all right. More in your reaction and Elias Patterson. We'll speak with Canucks Brass coming up in a handful of minutes here on the Home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. We continue on, on a special edition of The People Show, coming to you live from the uh, portable Kintec studio. Kintec, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, provider powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. Yeah, emergency show. Uh, get the phone call. Phone's 11 missed calls in the morning and everything happening, and then... Uh, you see, Elias Petterson has signed his contract with the Vancouver Canucks for 8 years. Uh, let's go to the press conference at Rogers Arena now.
2: Well, uh, morning everyone. Uh, thanks for coming out to SeaMaxed for a short notice here. Very exciting day for the Vancouver Canucks. We agreed with Elias Petterson here to sign an 8-year extension. Uh, this shows the commitment from the Aquilina family and the organization uh, to build a championship team here in Vancouver. Again, very happy and very excited to have uh, Elias here for the next eight years.
3: i uh, start with you Elias. Uh, just your reaction to getting this deal done, congratulations, Good. and uh, what this means for you going forward in terms of the short term and the long term being committed here in Vancouver.
4: Uh, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, this feels uh, this is where I wanted to be. Um, I want to thank, the, first off, thank the Kalina family for for this, the uh, management, the teammates, for all they are done. And uh, yeah.
3: How much has the performance of the team this year, and how well you guys have played, and the position you're in, how much did that inform your decision about wanting to commit here long-term and having a chance to win in Vancouver?
4: Yeah, I always wanted to play uh, for a good team, and I wanted to see uh, where this team was heading. And ever since uh, Jim and Patrick's been coming in, uh, obviously get to know them and see the direction we're going in as a organization. And I liked everything we've seen, so um, so yeah. Elias, all year you've wanted to wait
5: until the offseason. Um, why now?
4: Um, I always wanted to stay here, but uh, <laughs> you, uh, uh, you don't give up your cards on negotiation, all right? <laughs> no, but uh, I'm, I was an RFA at the end of the season, and I didn't feel the rush to sign. Uh, but then again, the more talks with Jim and Patrick, uh, seeing the direction of the team, I always wanted to stay here, but just seeing the commitment from them and everything, uh, uh, we wanted to get it done uh, before. To go from where you,
5: know, you weren't addressing it and where talks weren't necessarily active to a max term deal, um, what, what changed in your thinking over the course of this week?
4: I mean, the, the talk was always, or the talk, the, the thought was always to be here long term more talk with Jim and Patrick and uh, also with my family what I want uh, and see the future and uh, the vision of the team and made it clear what both, both parts want. Petey, congratulations on the deal.
6: Uh, we've always heard that you don't like the noise, but in a Canadian market, knowing your stature and what you mean to the hockey club, obviously it was going to be a discussion point. It seemed to get to another level this week. I know you try to focus on the ice but ultimately how aware are you of what's going on around you how much if at all did that play into you sitting here today i didn't hear anything
4: (laughs) no of course it's been a long talk throughout the year and especially it's uh, i mean always people talk uh, but uh, i was fine it's always going to be noise but i felt because we continue having talks throughout the whole year uh, with management, with my agents. and uh, Yes, I've said I wanted to wait till um, after the season, but um, it's continuing talk with the management, my agents, uh, we wanted to get it done uh, before.
6: I mean, staggering numbers that set you up for the rest of your life, like this is big life decisions ultimately. The team has struggled a little bit. I don't think you've maybe played at the level you have throughout the whole season. Has this weighed on you in the last
4: week to 10 days? Well, I've, I mean, of course, I'm I'm human. Of course, I put pressure on me and know what's ahead. But I know what, what I was getting myself into. And uh, and I know it's going to be a big decision. That's why I wanted to wait to make sure I make the right decision in for my, for my life personally, and um, I am super happy with that, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Uh,
7: Elias, tell us about Vancouver
4: as the place to live,
7: you know, it's a, 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 in the end, you know, the team controls a lot, but you still have to sort of want to be here, and you clearly want to be here, as you said. What about... Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Uh, Elias, tell us about Vancouver as the place to live, you know, it's a... A, a, in the end, you know, the team controls a lot, but you still have to sort of want to be here, and you clearly want to be here, as you said. What about the city itself is the reason why you want to be here?
4: Uh, I mean, it's a city that believes hockey. Uh, fans are very passionate. Um, also, think, like, it's very similar to Sweden in some way, and that's what I realized right away when I got over here. Uh, so, uh, it always felt like home here, and I always felt... Uh, peaceful living here so uh so non-hockey wise I've always been happy living here
7: and Patrick take us through the past week when you get the call from whether it's PD or his agents say let's figure this out you know what
2: just how excited were you to finally get to this stage yeah well as I said I'm very excited here today but I I would say that this is something that actually started two years ago okay. since I got in here, uh, building the, the relationship with, with Elias, um, showing him, uh, the vision, uh, and I fully respected him and his, his agency here for taking their time, uh, get to know us, get to know what Jim and I am all about, uh, get a feel for, for the team we're, we're trying to build here. And, uh, uh, also the partnership with, uh, with Rick Tockett. So, um, again, uh, meeting meeting uh, uh, with his agents, uh, Pat Bresson, meeting with his Swedish agent, Johan Altberg, uh, several times during this two-year stint, and talking, uh, having conversation with Elias, too, here. But uh, uh, it was exciting, um, exciting time for 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 myself and the organization when, Elias committed that, that or hinted that, that he wanted to stay here. Um, I, and, and there were never any doubt that he'd never wanted to stay here, uh, from, from my view of it. And I think it was more about the trust and the vision that he wanted to see clear here. And uh, we respect that fully out, but definitely an exciting week for us.
3: Patrick, you'd spoken in the past about preparing to go into the trade deadline, whether you had certainty, with Elias or not, now that you do have certainty in terms of the term and the dollar amount of his contract and all of that, how does that change your approach to the trade deadline? Does it at all now six days out? Does it give you more opportunity to try and bolster this team, do you think?
2: Well, it definitely give us more clarity, not, not just for next week, but moving forward here now. We can we can plan and project what, uh, what, the, what, what cap space we have and, and how our core are going to be... Um, which is very important, and that's where you're building the puzzles around the core. Um, if, there is a, if there is a deal that makes sense for us here next week to improve our group, we definitely look into it, as, as always, we, uh, that's our approach. Uh, again, up to this point, I think the players have earned uh, to be in this position, and uh, we're going through uh, some adversity here as of lately, and I think all the teams are doing that, and that's how you wanna see, see us getting out stronger and uh, better and I know the players and the leadership are taking ownership of it and I know the coaches are working on it.
3: Elias, Jeff asked you about the noise over the last few weeks. How excited are you to put that behind you and focus on hockey and trying to win with the team the
4: rest uh, of the way? Yeah, I mean, it's all I wanted and uh, hopefully we can focus on winning games and also long-term goal is to bring a cup here.
7: Elias, Patrick talks about being able to- Plan now. I mean, you're obviously a big part of that plan. Do you think yourself about okay? Now he can go out and do this, that, or the other. Is that something that enters into your mind?
4: Yeah, no, it's he's uh, part of the deal. Too... <laughs> no, but uh... <laughs> no.
7: <laughs> you're the next <laughs> assistant general manager, is that? Uh,
4: no, I'm just. Uh... Oh, it's a little nervous, a little happy today, or a little happy, super happy today. Um, I'm. Um, I'm just excited to. To see obviously what the management can do and so far what they've been doing ever since they came in it's first off building a culture uh a winning culture here um for us to succeed and doing renovations in the rink uh, and so on and so on so like everything is trending in the right direction and um the more i saw it i always wanted to stay but the more i saw it just made it even more clear
7: patrick mentioned you know that this has been a two year process, meeting him, getting to know him, getting to know Jim and the rest of the staff. Um, when you go back to two years ago, before they arrived, just how anxious were you about what was in front of you, the future? Uh, sorry, just sorry. If you go back to two years ago, before they arrived, how anxious were you about what was coming down the road? Uh,
4: like, it, of my contract, yeah. Or, yeah uh, or,
7: or everything, I mean, you talked about all the things you've seen, the renovations and everything.
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, Since they came in, they've been doing such great work. Uh, uh, Obviously getting to know them. It feels great that also Swedish Swedes in the front office as well. Easier for me to talk, (laughs) getting through. But um, no, it's just almost like I'm repeating myself. But just whenever it's since they came in, um, they've been doing such a great work and uh, giving us players and this group. Uh, good chances to to win and succeed.
6: Peter, can you just give us a sense of when did you actually put pen to paper? Was it yesterday afternoon? Did this go late into the night last night?
2: We've got to do it after. Oh.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder, uh, I mean, it seems like such a huge moment for you and, and your family too. Like how much do you think of your parents and all the moments that led to, to get to this?
4: Yeah, I think my parents and definitely uh, both parents have probably been the nervous throughout this whole journey and contract talks and everything and talking to them yesterday and just getting a little emotional with them and how big of a decision this is for us and yeah, super happy.
0: That is Elias Petterson and Patrick Alvin as he has uh, signed his eight-year contract uh worth 92.6 million. More relaxed version of Elias Petterson that than we may have seen. Hey, 92.6 million dollars might relax a lot of people. Uh but he was cracking jokes through that entire sequence. Uh you can chime in, 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox Dunbar Lumber three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. dot com alright uh, keep coming with your reaction a lot was said there uh, on Pedersen, you know, super excited. This is where he always wanted to be. Thanking the ownership and the teammates and the management for all they have done to get it here. Echoing that he's always wanted to play for a winner ever since Jim and Patrick have come in. Uh, he's liked everything that he has seen. And, you know, mentioned too, like, why sign this deal now? And,. Uh, he said he always wanted to stay here and he didn't want to give up his cards in the, in the negotiation. Uh, didn't feel the rush to, sh- to, to sign the deal, but uh, love that uh, the, the direction of the team that uh, Patrick Alveen and Jim Rutherford have set out. Uh, seeing the commitment from them to win has also wanted him to get it done. So we wanted to get it done before the deadline. And his thought was always here to be here long term uh, and even joking that he didn't hear any of the noise. Uh, From earlier this week, but wanted to get it done, uh, so that silences that as well. Uh, And Patrick Elvine saying uh, this started two years ago about building the relationship with Elias Pedersen, showing the vision, respect his process and the agency's process to get this done, and also that partnership with Rick Tockett. And it is a very exciting time. How do you feel? 650, 650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, some thoughts. I will never cheer for Vancouver again. This is the worst thing that could have been done. In three years, when Pedersen has 15 goals and 15 assists, uh, I will be crying. Uh, Alright. Lots of thoughts coming in. We we read all the texts uh, coming in. 650-650. Uh, this one, Mike, uh, the urologist from Brockville. PD takes a 1 million hit on AAV. So that everyone, he's... so. Everyone can say he took a discount. Uh, there will be less scrutiny through the course of the PD contract, and it's 92.6 million dollars, which is still okay. I love it so much. Uh, as far as you know, why didn't it come in at 12 million dollars, and was it could have been 12.5? Look, there's a lot of different reasons. You try to get to a certain total money. You try to work the the, the term around that, and you try to work your cash flow. Um, total money and cash flows are the things that determine this. And so it's interesting to me that the way this breaks down is year one, he gets $12 million signing bonus. Year two, he gets a $10 million signing bonus. And this is something you'll see a lot for the players coming forward. It's been mentioned a great deal that with potential CBA negotiations coming up in 2026, do you want to get all your money in early and maybe change your AAV a bit thereafter if if cash flow is so important to you and you get more of it up front do you shade a bit off of the AAV as well And so we gets uh 11 million dollars clean salary in year three there's your your you know the, the ownership win I guess in in a moment they're they're not handing out an 11 or a, a signing bonus check in uh, year three of that deal but so you know cash flow is a big thing to determine. So he gets $22 million in signing bonus prior to year three of the deal. Uh, and he also gets 2.5 salary, 4.5 salary uh, in the first two years of the deal. The other consideration, uh, where some people have texted in, uh, does he get a no movement clause? Well, for the UAV, uh, UAV, uh, the UFA years, uh, he is going to get his no movement clause, which kicks in uh, 2025 in 2026. So uh, up until then, nothing that's just per the cpa and then his no movement clause kicks in once he hits his unrestricted free agent years. Josh and Prairie, 650 650. So, so thankful we didn't have to uh Kachuk PD out of here uh, out of Vancouver. This is more than PD uh, says to the other players, look Vancouver is a good place to play and mention that, you know, that he you know wants to be part of a winner obviously and that he likes playing here. The reference to Vancouver, very similar to Sweden, always felt like home and a very peaceful living here, non-hockey wise. He's always happy uh, to be living in Vancouver. Keep coming in with your thoughts, 650- 650, after you've heard uh, what happened with uh, Elias Pettersson. Uh, this one, nothing to complain about. Uh, on my end, so happy to have Petey back. It's going to be a fun eight years. Garrett from Nova Scotia. Alright, joining me now from the rink, you can hear the rink in the background. It is uh, Brendan Batchelor. Batch, how are you? I am good. Uh, was
3: not expecting to be chatting with you at 9:48 on a Saturday mm-hmm. morning, but glad to be
0: here. Exciting times for the Canucks and for Canuck fans, certainly. You were in the room, and you've you know been there for a lot of Pedersen media scrums, you know press conferences, whatever they may be. Uh, that that felt like the the most relaxed Elias Pedersen uh, that, that that we've seen here.
3: Yes, uh, I would say absolutely it was. And, you know, for people that might have just been listening here and and weren't able to see it, uh, he looked relaxed. He was kind of sitting back relaxed in his chair, uh, cracking a few jokes. When I asked him about, you know, putting the noise behind him, like a big smile crossed his face and you kind of got that glimmer in his eye that that you get when he... uh, when he appreciates a question or or thinks something's funny, and um, I think it's pretty clear that you know, he's heard some of this noise, even though he joked to the contrary. And so uh, he seemed very relaxed and very relieved to put this whole contract saga behind him. And Patrick Alvin seemed pretty relaxed and pretty excited, too. And he's got a busy week ahead with six days till the trade deadline. But um, but yes, I, relief, I would say, was the, the overarching
0: emotion that you could feel in the room. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about the Alvine side of this too, because you think about the amount of legwork that this management group had to do coming in. Just just think about the brand of the Vancouver Canucks, how how damaged it was, you know, at, at you know mid December uh, a few years ago, and the work that needed to be done here. And to to rattle off a couple of big things here, you get this Miller extension, you make a big trade, you trade out the captain, and then you get this one done. It's some heavy-duty thing that they've had to do in a handful of years, and now the, the, the proper planning, I imagine, the opportunity to, to set the course of what this looks like really starts to uh, materialize, and, and now you get to do part of the nitty-gritty and start to build around it, too.
3: Yeah, I believe it was Jim Rutherford that talked about needing to do major surgery a few Mm -hmm. years back when he arrived. Well, they've done major surgery, right? The captain's gone. They acquired Heronik. They've extended Miller. They've extended Pedersen now. And that's why I wanted to get Alvin's perspective on... This trade deadline in particular, because, you know, yes, having cost certainty on Pedersen is important for them in terms of now moving on to some of the other players they need to sign, like Philip Heronic, Dakota Joshua, you know, Teddy Bluger. These are all guys that are pending free agents, either restricted or unrestricted. But what have we heard about the Canucks and their approach to the trade deadline over the last couple of weeks that they don't want to give up premium assets for another rental? Which means having cost certainty on Pedersen now means that you can you can figure out if you're going to go out and get someone on the open market, whether it be a Jake Gensel or or you know a, a less impactful acquisition than that if you don't want to make a trade for another rental then you need to know what your salary structure is going to be or you need to have a good idea of it anyway and having the cost certainty on petterson having the number come in at under 12 million dollars having it be the eight-year term this is all certainty for them that now frees them up to chase more options here to bolster a team that they have already overhauled in terms of um, what they've done, not just with the contract extensions, but look at this blue line. It's completely different than it was Mm -hmm. 18 months ago um, with, you know, Hronik and Susie when he's able to get back healthy and Cole and zadorov Like, these are all guys that were not here, you know, all, all that recently. So, um You know, the the certainty on Pedersen, I think, is the number one thing. I'll be interested to see how quickly they move to try and extend some of those other players like Philip Horonik or Dakota Joshua, um, and whether it frees up Some flexibility for them to go and chase someone at the deadline and not just someone that they're going to bring in as a rental, but someone that they can add to this core group or a complementary piece to this core group to help them extend their championship window uh, even further than, you know, just what we've seen from them this year.
0: Yeah, it was really interesting that Patrick Alvine kind of started that question off right away, saying like this whole process for us started two years ago, right? Like they understood the stakes, right, for where they were coming into, and you have to build that relationship with Elias Pedersen, and detailing at numerous points like, hey, like this is the vision. This is where we want to go. And, you know, echoing that he had no doubts that he wanted to stay here, but very aware of the fact that they had to do a lot of work in two years to impress upon Elias Pedersen that it's worth committing eight years here. Yeah, and we heard Pedersen sort of touch on,
3: you know, how much faith he has in this organization mm-hmm. now because of the work that Alvin and Rutherford have put in. And... Um, you know, this is a hockey club that that was not in a great spot all that recently. Look, they weren't even in a great spot this time last year. They had just fired Bruce Boudreaux. They had just brought yeah. Rick Tockett in. Um, a lot has changed in a year, and this is part of the reason why you can understand why Pedersen wanted to wait, wanted to see how things progressed, wanted to make sure that if he was going to commit here long term, it was going to be in a situation where he could win. And I think the work that Rutherford and Alvin have done, done has won over the fan base, certainly, because you can remember what the narrative was like a year ago with the way that Bruce Boudreaux left and how much vitriol there was in the fan base for the organization. Well, that's all gone because everything that they've done, every decision that they've made, almost exclusively, like there's a couple of little choices you could nitpick. If you don't like the Miller extension, Mm -hmm. that's fine. If you don't like the Mikheyev signing, that's fine. But everything they've done has taken this organization and this team to this spot right now where they're a legitimate Stanley Cup contender in March 2024, uh, which is not something I think any of us would have expected to be talking about last January when Boudreaux was on his way out the door. So they deserve a ton of credit for the work they've done, not just in terms of improving the team, but, um, you know, Getting getting the organization to a point where Pedersen feels comfortable staying long term, not just because of the short term product on the ice, but because of some of the bigger, longer term things. Like Pedersen touched on the renovations in the building. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're they're looking at getting a practice facility done. Um, these are the kind of things that hey, if you're going to spend eight years of your life in one place, you want to know that the organization is making these sorts of improvements taking these strides in the right direction and building a good organizational culture because short-term on-ice success can be a fickle thing. Like, I've had a really good year this year. They're going through a down stretch now. Maybe next year, even if they return this core, they have a bunch more injuries, they, they don't start as well. Like, you can never guarantee short-term on-ice success. What you can guarantee is an organization that does things the right way to give you as many opportunities as possible to have success. And Pedersen wouldn't have signed on the dotted line for the max term of eight years if he didn't believe that this organization could provide that.
0: 6.50, 6.50, you can keep coming with your reaction. You can also grab a phone line. We'll get to some of your uh, calls on the other side, 6.04, 2.80, 650 But there's the human element to this too. A lot of texts coming in. Uh, Petey sounds happy. I teared up when he was talking about his parents. He's a young man who wants to do well for those around him. A lot of those sentiments as well coming in. Uh, just the, the, the emotional element. Uh, what was it like in the room when he started talking about what the, this contract means to him and, and what it means for the family?
3: Yeah, he got a little bit emotional right at the end there, and I I wouldn't say he teared up, but you could see that um, talking about his parents and and getting to this point meant a lot to him, and... and you know he, he sort of joked that they've been more nervous than he has through this whole process so any player that gets to this point in their career just making the nhl whether they're signing a 90 plus million dollar eight-year contract or not has a lot of people to to be thankful for and you could tell that uh this means a lot to petterson and it means a lot to his family so that was pretty cool to see as well uh
0: 650 650 i couldn't... Can discussions now change to what was the dumbest rumor about the PD contract situation? My vote goes to Petey <laughs> wanting to play in Chicago.
1: <laughs> that's oh, that's a, guaranteed
0: it. that was officially yeah. the dumbest rumor, because
3: I don't think there was any chance that that ever had any validity to it. Um, uh, yeah. Especially when you hear Patterson talk about, and again, you know, you can take him at his word or not, but he says he always wanted to be here and was just keeping his cards Close to his vest now. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that was always true, you know, we we could certainly debate that. But the fact of the matter is, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks, even with Connor Bedard, are years and years away from being a Stanley Cup contender. The Vancouver Canucks are a Stanley Cup contender right now. They're in their window right now, so that rumor never made any
0: sense to me. And uh, it's pretty clear that that I think it probably missed the mark pretty pretty wide. But it's all part of the game, right? got to maximize your leverage wherever you can and uh, every story uh, either helps or benefit or uh, goes against you and and this week you know with the chaos I was this week you know Saturday to to, to yesterday finding about the carolina stuff uh, it has been a uh, full week uh, of news we'll we'll touch on more of it on the other side after the break keep coming with your text 650 650 604 280 0650 if you want to react with us to Elias Patterson inking an eight-year deal worth $92.6 million, 11.6 AAV. Uh, We'll have more of your thoughts on the other side here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.
2: Get your daily dose of Canucks talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drance. Subscribe to the podcast and don't miss an episode.
0: Welcome back. It is a second hour of a special people show on a Saturday as if you haven't heard you're just turning on the radio you're just waking up you're just tuning into the stream Elias Patterson has signed his contract eight-year extension at 11.6 a year that's 92.6 million dollars total money Bik Nazar here with you with Brendan Bachelor and our own respective uh, Kintec Studios Uh, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. What are you waiting for? Find your perfect fit at Uh, kintech.net. I'm at home, Batch is at the rink, and we are figuring out uh, all the details in this uh, contract and and dealing with your reaction as well, 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, Batch, uh, how many wake-up calls did you get? Because I woke up with 11 missed calls. I was lucky
3: that my two-week-old baby started crying at like 7.30, <laughs> and we had been planning to sleep in because he had been up a little bit in the night, and I was like, oh, gosh, here we go. Uh, I guess we'll sleep in, and then I looked at my phone and was like, oh, I'm not sleeping in. I'm going to work, so here yeah. we are, um, but an exciting day for the canucks an exciting day for fans i think of the organization we're seeing a lot of mixed reaction in on the dunbar lumber text line 650 650 there's people that are very happy with this contract extension there's people that are very unhappy with this contract extension we want to hear your thoughts so text us or call us and we'll get your reaction on the air here
0: as we continue over the next hour uh, yeah, 650-650 or, of course, on the phone lines 604-280-0650 or 1-888-275-0650 on the Dispatch Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Hotline. Uh, all right, some reaction to catch up on in the inbox here, 650-650. Brett and Pitt Meadows, this is huge for the Canucks. Elias gets his contract, and the team can now progress forward to bringing a cup to the city. Uh, an unsigned text here, very fair contract in two to three years. This will be a steal. Percentage of the cap is young age. He plays center and is on the cusp of back-to-back 100-point seasons. PD could have gotten more. He took a discount just like Miller did. That's from AP and Langley. Uh, And there is somebody asking, please explain how 11.6 is a discount compared to what? He's not McDavid or McKinnon. It's a huge (laughs) contract. Again, it's a discount relative to what he could have gotten,
3: Batch. And it's a discount relative to where the salary cap is going, which is, you know, we expect the salary cap, To go up in the next few years. And if you think that $11.6 million doesn't look like a discount right now, wait a couple years and see what some of the other key players around the league end up signing for. Like, my take on this is that this could look like a huge discount and a huge team friendly deal within two years, depending on what the cap does. Uh, and they've locked him up for eight. I mean, the fact that this, this number is under $12 million a season I think is a huge win in the short term anyway, regardless of looking at the long-term picture. But, um, you know, I had somebody say to me this morning that, like, you know, he's making that much more than Miller. How does that make sense? Well, Miller's older. Uh, he doesn't have as much of his prime years left. Uh, he signed that contract when he was older. So it's carrying you later into his 30s. And it was in a flat cap era. You know, this -hmm. is the thing. We see this in our daily lives, right? Everybody complains about the cost of groceries. Everybody complains about the cost of living right now. The cost of everything is going up all the time. And that applies to NHL contracts, too. So signing Elias Pettersson today at a cap hit of under $12 million, As contracts continue to go up, as the salary cap continues to go up, as money flows back into the league coming out of COVID, these contracts are going to get bigger and bigger. And so just straight up comparing the number to other top players around the league, in my mind, is not how you should be analyzing this. You should be looking at it from a when was it signed, what percentage of the cap was it at, when it was signed, and with the the direction the salary cap's going – That percentage of the cap that it's going to take up Will get lower and lower with every passing year And the value of the contract increases With every passing year Until you get later into the deal And then you're looking at aging curves Once he gets beyond 30 and and things like that But um, we're going to see lots of deals That are much bigger than this in the coming seasons And that's why, for me, this is a a valuable contract Because it locks him up with that cost certainty For that eight-year term
0: yeah, it'll come in, you know, pending what the cap uh, ultimately uh, is, um, if it's 87.5, if it's uh, 87.7. So this is, these are you know, rough estimates here right now, but it'll come in, at, I think, uh, 13.26% of the cap. Which is very nerdy, but I'm going to get nerdy here for a second here. Uh, get which your spreadsheets in less, out, let's go. Yeah, it, it comes in less than what Tavares was. It comes in less than what Eichel was when they signed their respective deals. Now, Eichel was a eight-year deal at $10 million, his second contract. But it, it comes in less for that. And and it, it's a little bit more than the Getzlaff contract when he signed at age 28, which was eight-year deal, which was 12.83. So it's it's kind of in that range. And as you said, Bash, the cap is going to go up. And in the next two years, here you could see it go up eight to ten million dollars. In a blink of an eye, it could be worth 12%, it could be worth you know 11.9% of the cap. It could flip so fast, and you're looking at your team. Build in in your your options. Uh, you you get a lot of flexibility as this uh, starts to creep down. And we have a question here: 650-650 uh, from Sean and Salmon Arm. Uh, it was a great presser. How do you guys analyze the cap hit next year? to years with factors such as the OEL bio penalty when Hughes needs to be resigned. Thank you for the take. So the the thing I think everyone needs to get used to, and it really started this year. Batch is they're out of cap hell, right? Like they're they're. The OEL buyout and and the 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 implications of that being on your on your books for seven years all the way for a few more years like that's done it's it's minimized but now like the Tyler Myers contract is set to expire a few things are like they're they're through the Louis Erickson things of the world they have a lot of space next year it's it's twenty four million dollars where it kind of stands right now but it jumps to forty one the next year they don't have a lot of real like deep cap considerations uh, outside of um, Miller and Patterson, and then it's it's Garland, McKayev and Hughes, basically. Yeah, and I mean,
3: we could say that, but they are going to fill up a lot of that cap space by re-signing their own guys. So it's of not course, like but, they've but, just but
0: like got a, a clean slate. Well, is like,
3: different than like building through it. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I understand that. I just wanted to make that clear for people listening that it's not like they've got all their guys signed and they've got. Forty million dollars left like they're going to need to spend some of the the cap money as you said what 24 million right now like they've got to extend Heronick. they've got to make decisions on their other pending UFAs Teddy Bluger Sam Lafferty um Dakota Joshua uh, Elias Lindholm now pending UFA on the back end uh Tyler Myers Nikita Zadorov Ian Cole Mark Friedman like these are all pending UFAs Hironics the RFA this year so um you know, decisions still have to be made, and, and they still have to prioritize who they're going to keep here and, and the kind of things they want to do. But you're right. We do have to start thinking about this team from a different perspective with as opposed to them being in cap hell, which, again, I think this is very similar to the paradigm shift we've had to undergo in our thinking in terms of how quickly this team has turned it around on the ice to being— the top team in the Western Conference, to being a team that we're talking about as a legitimate Stanley Cup contender here in early March, that's not something that people have been used to. And, you know, buying at the deadline is something that people had to warm up to. Being willing to give up picks and prospects to better your team right now is something that people had to warm up to because for so long in this market, it's been about we need to sell, we need to tank, we need to rebuild. Well, guess what? This team has been rebuilt. Maybe not in the traditional way that that people were hoping, but here they are, first in the Western Conference, six days out from the trade deadline. Uh, and on top of that, you're right. We have to reframe our thinking about how how worried people in this market have been about the salary cap, how much of a talking point it's been. And look, the salary cap's always going to be a talking point because you're always trying to maximize value on every contract that you sign but they've got a lot more flexibility. They've got options now. They can make decisions on some of their players. They will have the opportunity to potentially make moves at this trade deadline to go out in free agency and try and bolster this group and it's not about, you know, them using up all their cap space on on bad deals and and things like that. Now, it's still not perfect. You know, the McAv contract right now doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. The Ekman Larson buyout is going to have an impact. Um, not all of the contracts that they've signed or will sign will be perfect value for money. Um, but I think things were so dire in Vancouver for such a long time that, you know, the the fan base is kind of used to looking at the team this way. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to follow a team that has a little bit more cap flexibility and has options in terms of complementing this core group that they now have locked up for the most part. Like, you know, they've got the Miller. Extension done. The Patterson extension's done. Hughes still has three more seasons beyond this one. Uh, you know the conversation's now going to turn to Heronick and Besser and and what they do with those sorts of players. But they've got room. They've got flexibility. They've got options, and that's not something that we would have said about this organization that long ago. And honestly, it's another area that we really have to tip our caps to Patrick Alvine and mm-hmm. Jim Rutherford because it's not that long ago that they could not move money. Like remember last off season, we were expecting them to make all these moves, and they just couldn't do it because you couldn't move money in this league, they've found a way to create this flexibility for themselves, and they deserve a ton of credit for that.
0: Yeah, and it's always a principle that I follow, too, when it comes to just team building, that flexibility is more important than actual cap space. They go hand in hand. You can do whatever you want with the cap space, but if you maximize the spending all the way to 100% of the cap, having liquid assets is what's important. And in years past, the Canucks were saddled with contracts that just weren't attractive, and you, you just had to wait for them to expire. Now they've gone hand in hand with how they've done this year. That there is a lot of expiring jo- uh, expiring contracts, and like right now, the decor is basically just Queen Hughes signed up and Carson Soucy, and it's just UFA, 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 RFA uh, with Philip Peronic. But yeah, the, the 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 transition period, like th- this year, was still supposed to be the transition period. They're having success, but. The, the job Patrick Alvin and Jim Rutherford have done up until now has been more demolition than construction. And they will get to the construction phase. And as they still get to build this out in their vision, their, their primary job has been to remove elements rather than has been to add it. Now, they've been aggressive in doing that with your Heronics of the World. But it, it has gone kind of hand in hand of this rebuild on the fly that they, to be honest, that they have done rather remarkably perfect so far at this stage.
3: Yeah, and before you can build, you have to have your foundation in place uh, yep. if we're going to carry this analogy forward. So they've demolished the parts that didn't make sense to be here long-term. They're putting the foundation in place. They've signed Miller long-term. They've signed Patterson long-term. Uh, they've got Hughes and Demko locked up for two and three more seasons. Uh, Demko two more, Hughes three more beyond this. So those are contracts that are in the future, but not in the immediate Future, So your core group is locked up now for, you know, the next two, three years in terms of a contention window. You've got your pillars that you're going to build off of. And now that construction starts where what can you do to complement these guys and give them the best chance to have success? And that's why the Pedersen extension being done now is so fascinating to me, because Now they can go out and add at this trade deadline, and yeah, they need to figure out a way to make the money work the rest of this season, but that's going to be the most challenging part of going out and acquiring anybody this year, because you've got that flexibility, you've got the room long-term, that if there's a player on the market that you want to go out and get and commit to beyond this season— you are going to be able to do it because of the flexibility you have. And uh, that's got to be very exciting for this management group, and it could lead to a very interesting and exciting week in terms of the options that the Canucks have and the things they could do prior to Friday.
0: 650-650, come with your thoughts. We'll go to the phone lines here, 604-280-0650. Jake in Langley. Jake, how are you feeling today?
8: Well, I'm actually a little bit under the weather, so bear with me here, but I had to call in <laughs> when I heard this news. Um, honestly, this changes this changes everything. Um, first of all, just as, a, I guess, for Elias Pettersson, probably the way he feels, I think the amount of pressure that's going to be off his back now, and the fact that he signed for eight years just shows he loves Vancouver. He wanted to be here. There's no and, if, or buts. I really hope the fans give a... Just a massive standing ovation for him, and the fact that it's only for eleven point six mil, and a lot of people said said it was going to be over twelve. So, just great stuff all around there. Now, secondly, Jim Rutherford, Nalveen, what they've done in a few years is it's it's beyond masterclass. And I'm not even talking about being first place or whatever top five team in the league this year. I'm just just in general. Everything they've done, except for maybe the Lindholm trade, which is not looking great right now, but it's still early, has been perfection. And the fact that they know how much cap they have now, they, they, they could pretty much go out and get an RFA, maybe like a Vitrano or something, who still years, or at least another year left, and, and they know what they're going to do here with the cap. It's just, as a Vancouver Canucks fan, having to deal with Jim Benning, no fetch, for so many years, just. It's honestly going from a Volkswagen to a Ferrari, and I'm 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 really happy as a Canucks fan, and uh, it's it's a really good day in Vancouver. Thanks, man.
0: Jake, thanks a lot for the call. Uh, I hope the contract news and. And your euphoria uh, helps you with your uh, illness if you're feeling under the weather. But uh, Jake, playing through it hurt. Uh, Calling in 604 280 0650. Batch, anything you want to say off of that? Uh, or, or should we go to more calls here?
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see in the short term what sort of impact this has on Patterson's game and, and whether we can tell that it has been weighing on him like if he comes out and scores a hat trick in anaheim tomorrow then uh, you know people are going to read into that to a certain extent but uh you know he alluded to it in the press conference too he's human uh and you know you you know you'd have to live under a rock to not have noticed the noise around him so the fact that he gets to focus on hockey is good and and hopefully this can bolster his play and the team's play in the short term here as they try to turn things
0: around Uh, All right, 650-650 or 604-280-0650. Canucks fans can have your say on the Elias Pedersen contract. Jerry from Qualcomm, how's it going?
9: Hey, guys, it's going real good. Thanks for putting on the uh, emergency pod today. Uh, (laughs) Agree with everything you're saying, nod my head a lot. Jake is is staying on with his analysis, too. Um, Management's doing an awesome job. So happy we have them in the house. They can. Uh, they've got room to to do what they need to do with players down the road. Uh, Demko. I mean, with him down the road, it's going to be an Ian Clark we trust. Do we resign him or find another goalie? But I just wanted to say there is over the past month, my text stream that I would send into uh, Bick and Sat over at, at, at the post game wasn't all that aligned with what you guys were thinking. And the main reason was because Pederson hasn't been playing, playing well. Batch, you just alluded to that there. And it's not that I didn't believe in Petey. I believe he's an awesome player, but he hasn't been playing to his potential. Hopefully, with this contract in his pocket, it puts him at uh, peace of mind. Hopefully, he can start playing like we have seen him play. He does have to step his game up. I think it's a great contract. I think it's going to age really, really well. And uh, this is going to give us room to hopefully build the team with this management team is capable of doing to finally, finally win us a cup. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.
0: Uh, thank you, Jerry from Qualcomm uh, 604-280-0650 If you want to grab a phone line, you know, batch. You know, for for me, it's always been we we saw a glimpse of what it looks like, right? For for Elias Patterson of, of what a peak Elias Patterson looks like, and he was. A lot younger, and it was in the bubble, and it it wasn't perfect by any means of you know the the entire bubble playoffs, but he was also 21 years old at that time, and it was yeah. 18 points in 17 games, and and you saw a natural impact in that, and so try to project what it looks like four years down the road. We're going to get a real look at it uh, this upcoming playoffs. If if it if if he plays like he did in the bubble then this is going to look like a great deal. If if finally we see what a true big game looks like and, and the playoffs being different and he struggles, then, okay, like the questions are going to remain that maybe Jerry had there of just like, oh, okay, what is the true potential? And what some people do text him a great deal about of like this guy does this, this guy falls over a lot. It's not going to happen in the playoffs. We're, we're going to get our best indicator uh, come April. Absolutely
3: we are. And, you know, based on the way he played in that bubble playoff run, I think – I would trend towards belief that he's going to find that level again and and, you know, be a key player for this team in any success they have in the postseason. And I think this is my opinion anyway. I know there's a lot of dissenting opinion coming into the dunbar lumber text line right now, six fifty, six fifty, and we want to hear from you regardless of your opinion. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there are things in his game that people hone in on that are, maybe not as relevant as some people would like to believe. So, like, we hear the, he falls over a lot. He's engaged in battles a lot. Like, this is a guy that is about to produce back-to-back 100-point seasons, and we're getting texts about he's not mentally strong enough to handle the pressure or that he's overpaid and should be further down the lineup. Like... I think we need a bit of perspective here. This is one of the best young players in the National Hockey League. Is he a perfect player? No, he's not. Is he, you know, at the same level as a Connor McDavid? No, he's not. But who is, really? But this is a guy that is going to be a key part of this organization now for eight years at the very least, and is a key producer on this team. When they have been going well, he has been leading the charge along with JT Miller, along with Quinn Hughes. And are they going through a wobble right now? Yes. Have there been stretches in his career where he's been a little bit streaky? Yes. But the overall body of work shows you that he is not only worthy of this contract, but he probably could have made a little bit more too. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, you know, I, I understand that that people get frustrated with some of the stuff, like the the hanging of his head when he loses a battle, or or being knocked over, and, and things like that. But in spite of those things, this is still a hundred point player who is one of the best young talents in the National Hockey League, and as he gets older. He's only going to get better. He's only going to, you know, solidify some of those things in his game. He's only 25 years old. He's, you know, the the best years of his career, the core years of his career are coming up here in the next three, four, five seasons. You know, I would be shocked if we don't see him him take his game to yet another level. And with the the way they've built this team and and the way they're set up now, it, it should be incredibly exciting for fans in my opinion rather than than harping on the oh he falls down or oh he hasn't been playing well in the last five games look at the bigger picture here look at what he's accomplished over the past couple of seasons look at what this team is accomplishing and how important a part of that he is and let that color your opinion rather than oh i watched him fall down last game and he hasn't had points here recently like you know any good player in the league is going to go through stretches. McDavid just went through a stretch where he didn't score for a long period of time. Um, so, like I, I again, I, I respect everybody's opinion. We want to hear from you. But I just can't see how you can look at Pedersen and, and analyze it that way, that he's not worth the contract
0: right now. I very much subscribe to a theory of, if I like 90% of what you do, I can deal with the, 10, the, the, the 10% that maybe isn't up to my own personal standard or, or things that... Are, are are different. We all see the the getting knocked over, right? Like it's you don't have to be a genius about it. You you can see maybe it does happen with a little bit more frequency. But all the the 90% if if that's the only part of the 10% that I don't like, the 90% that he does provide is more than enough for me to say like as you said, he he produces in spite of these things. And it, it is so productive and I I've gone through this list before. I'm not going to read all 34 names. But in the cap era, there's been 34 guys who have put up 100-point seasons. There is only 11 guys who have put up multi-100-point seasons. Now, a lot of these guys are more recent, obviously, when when you're Ryan Nugent Hopkins are putting up 100-point seasons. But essentially, the entire group is players that go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Whether they win or not, to, to be determined, but almost all of them, at some point, go to a Cup Finals, and the only ones that haven't are currently still active in the league, like your Jason Robertson's. There's three uh, Edmonton Oilers that have done it that that haven't obviously gone to a Cup Final, but over and over, like guys to do that that do this, go to Cup Finals. Simply put, and you can't just say, "Oh, they're chasing stats and just getting hundred points." He's a stat patter. He's he, it's it's so hard to put up hundred points in this league and not get playoff success with it. Now, ultimate success, obviously, not everyone has won a cup, but even just getting giving yourself a chance to do it, guys who put up 100-point seasons do it, and that, to me, is is, is a big reward here. Uh, the Canucks have their future locked in with Elias Pettersson, and it's someone who gives them a chance to get to a cup final. Uh, 604-280-0650 back to the phone lines for one more here. We'll take more on the other side, but we'll get one more in before the break. John from Poco. John, what's up?
8: Oh, uh, hey, hey uh, Beck and uh, Brandon. I just wanted to say, um, you know, I think I think it was a marvelous uh, contract because they got him probably at, at AAV less than people were saying twelve to twelve and a half. So that helps them with maybe flexibility, you know, when it comes to signing Horonic or other moves they want to make. And you're right, like these people that you know say, well, he doesn't produce like McKinnon or or McDavid. Well, you know, maybe flash the fans. There's only three. There's I'd say there's three elite. There's David, McKinnon, Matthews. That means there's 29 other teams that don't have a player of that ilk. So their best players are not in that same category. And you're right, he's probably on the verge. Mind you, consecutive 100-point seasons, he's going to have to kind of get on it right now because he's only got 20 games left. But yeah, I think it's a wonderful move. Thanks, guys.
0: 650-650 uh, and 604-280-0650 if you want to react. Uh, we'll take a break on the other side. Uh, we'll get to a couple of thoughts and another uh, phone call as well. Uh, all coming up here on a big day for the Vancouver Canucks when they ink Elias Patterson $11.6 a year for the next eight years. He will be a Vancouver Canuck till 2032. Your reaction with Bick and Batch on the way. Home with Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Final segment for us here on a special edition of The People Show. Vic Nazar, Brendan Batchelor here with you from our portable Kintex Studios. I'm at home. Batch is at the rink. We're going to talk to uh, Tom Mayonek here in about 10 minutes. Get a, get a business side of the sport as well. Uh, the sport market coming up at 11 o'clock here on Sportsnet 650. Uh, all our guests today or all all you callers today coming down the dispatch plumbing and heating and air conditioning hotline. The first call, the only call. A lot of reaction into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox, 650-650. Uh, so now that Pedersen is signed, what are we going to freak out about next, Batch? <laughs> uh,
3: the short-term success of the team and turning things around ahead of the game tomorrow in Anaheim, I would say, is uh, where the primary focus should be turning... Now uh, now that Pedersen is locked up, although there's clearly plenty of people in the Dunbar Lumber text line 650-650 that are still freaking out
0: about Pedersen even Mm. though he's signed this extension. Uh, this one, Kelly Holiday in Cuba listing. Good work, Petey. Yahoo. Let's get that uh, cup tattoo parlor ready. Uh, Mike in East Van. The AAV sounds high today, but with the projected cap increases next few years. I think this deal, even more so than the JT Miller deal, will age well, uh, give this team something to really build around for the next few years at least. That is Mike in East Van. And, you know, we mentioned it too that, like, Hughes has signed for three years. Miller's obviously locked up. You got Demko. Like, I'm a big believer in small cores, right? Like the the, the the true elites of, of the, you build around. And, you know, th- those four guys, they're signed. And if, if you want to freak out about the next signing or what it is or the thing that's going to dominate the conversation, I guess it's Filip pronick, But, you know, to me, like Filip Pronik's not like the the, the, the the core player. He's a nice piece to add around. But for me, it's always like goalie, top two centers, and number one D-man. And, and the Canucks have those things.
3: Yeah, maybe Besser. Like, if we're talking about mm-hmm. uh, a player that you could consider a core player that uh, they will be eligible to talk extension with this summer, like, that might be the next the next big talking point for this organization because Patterson signed long-term, Miller signed long-term, Hughes three more years, Demko two more years. So, like, if, if we're looking at what's going to be the big buzz and topic of discussion about around contracts for this team this offseason – July 1 is when Brock Besser can start having extension talks, and I would imagine that that is the next thing that people will focus on, because based on the year that he is having, uh, he could be due and probably will be due for quite a healthy raise, and so then the debate can start about, uh, is the offense he's produced this year sustainable compared to what he's done Previously in his career, um, you know, are you going to overpay him coming off a career season? Uh, what could that mean in, in terms of some of that cap flexibility that we were talking about earlier? So that's probably where I'm putting my vote in terms of um, where we might see the most hand-wringing in the fan base coming up is, is the Besser extension and
0: what that means for the overall cap situation going forward. But that's tomorrow's problem. Uh, today, we, we, we get to uh, hear from you uh, on the Dunbar Lumber text message, inbox Box, or on the Dispatch Plumbing and Heating phone line. We go to Tom from Vancouver. Tom, welcome to the show. Uh, what are you thinking today? Hello, boys.
9: Um, I'm going to do something not very many people in the fan base have done, and I'm going to throw Jim Benning some love, just in case we happen to make it to a cup final, because every single body we're talking about is a core player of this team. He brought in. I think he was a completely incompetent manager. I said it years ago that I think he's going to draft our cup-winning team
0: and that a group will come in that's competent and actually work around them. But, uh, yeah, I'm
9: very happy with the PD signing.
0: I'm happy with the core we have, and I hope if we do go on to to win a cup that it might untarnish that guy's name just a little bit. I don't think he was a great manager. I'm super thrilled he's out, but the core that we're talking about that Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvina are working with – he did bring to town. So happy with the PD signing. Good day to be a Canuck fan. And uh, go Canucks, go. There you go. Tom in Vancouver calling in uh, 604-280-0650. Uh, this one, uh, actually, no, hang on. I'm not going to read that one. Uh, into the Dunbar <laughs> Lumber text. No, it was a to proofread everything
3: that's coming into the inbox
0: today <laughs> before you throw it on the air. No, it was it was unrelated to anything uh, that uh, uh, had to do with uh, uh patterson i i just flagged it uh a lot of people texting that horonic is the next drama here uh we'll we'll see what happens here because uh that that, that one i feel like it, it it's been under the radar or swept under the carpet maybe because horonic's just naturally quiet alongside Elias patterson but uh it 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 hasn't really garnered the attention as much as patterson
3: no, it hasn't, and it is the next big uh, domino, if you want to call it that, in terms of of contracts that they can or will sign. It's a lot more straightforward than Patterson, I think. Um, although Heronik is having a career year, and there could be some debate as to whether um, you know he deserves to be paid off of that career year, or how much he's benefited from playing alongside Quinn Hughes. So. You know that'll be an interesting part of the discussion, but uh, the most interesting part about the Heronic deal for me is going to be how quickly the Canucks move to get it done. Like because the Pedersen deal is done now, are we talking about Horonick getting extended in the next week prior to the trade deadline, so they really have more of that cost certainty that we talked about, or is it something that may wait till later in the year or into the off season, or will it, you know, will there be a qualifying offer that that has to be accepted or or you know denied and and could it go beyond July 1st say for example like that's going to be the most fascinating part about Heronic for me but um other than that compared to Patterson and compared to sort of the 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 organizational uh stake that was being put in in that uh, in that deal it it doesn't even compare but it is going to be interesting to see if the petterson contract is kind of the the dam breaking and now a lot more of the the business that this organization needs to do heading into this offseason can be you know tended to in the coming days and weeks
0: and i'm with you as far as the thing that uh canucks fans get to freak out about next it is this short term run, right? And, and and that's why I go to like the star level players, those contracts are already solid. We can have our debates about best, we can have our debates about Horonic, but for me, when when those things are settled, now it's about the results on the ice. And this team has hit a trouble spot here. We're getting ready to see what the playoffs looks like. But they're gonna have to rebound from this six of the last seventh they've dropped. They've only picked up three points of the possible fourteen in this recent stretch. So things have to get corrected and if this is put to bed, do we see a renewed focus from these players as they you know get some rest in but another three game road trip coming here but stabilizing this to me is now the thing we get to focus on the most because big picture items have been signed and tucked away and are solved
3: yeah and even the heronic deal like we can use the line that the organization was using on Pedersen like he's a restricted free agent he's not walking out the mm-hmm. door tomorrow so that urgency uh isn't there to the same degree even that the the Pedersen contract was, even though he was also a restricted free agent. So now we look on the ice, and, um, you know, the, the players are taking to the ice here at Rogers Arena right now. First few guys uh, trickling out of the dressing room for an 11 a.m. skate. Uh, so now we look at the month of March after uh, a February that certainly didn't go Vancouver's way they've only got 12 games this month none of them are back to back they've got the three games on the road this week and then they got nine straight at home they'll get plenty of practice time they'll get plenty of rest so those excuses which by the way the organization isn't using those excuses and these players haven't wanted to um, discuss these sorts of things in terms of their struggles well th- these excuses get removed now in the coming weeks because they're going to be able to practice they're going to be able to work on things and they're going to be able to get lots of rest and they're going to be at home for a long stretch and they've been very good in this building all season long so with all of those things lining up now they've got to find a way to turn it around on the ice because if they don't then the blame is can be placed squarely on the guys on the ice and the way that they're playing and and trending in the right direction or trying to prior to
0: the postseason the thing too of of what we've seen here recently and and why they have to get it back on track is um it it, it does feel like a lot of correctable things right like there were there was just so many poor passes against la that we hadn't seen this team be that sloppy here recently, and and there was a good effort against Boston. You get that win, and it started well against Pittsburgh, but they just mentally, you know, slipped, and and you know, mental fatigue and physical fatigue were statements that you heard over the past uh, week here. And it, it's been a lot of games. Don't get me wrong, but the Seattle game was the one. It's like that one was just pure fatigue. It, it, was, it was a dreadful effort. But the effort has been there for these past three games. It's just the execution hasn't matched with it.
3: No, absolutely, and. Uh... A little bit of breaking news here, which is kind of surprising. Uh, as players o- are trickling list. out onto the ice, Guillaume Brisebois is on the ice for practice wow. with the Vancouver Canucks wearing what appears to be a red non-contact jersey. And this is a big step for a guy that has really sort of fallen out of the, uh, the conversation and the mindset for this organization this year because of how long he's been on the shelf and how much he's struggled with injury issues. So uh, I was just, as you were talking there, trying to figure out who it was, get the binoculars out here in the gondola, because I was thinking, oh, maybe that's going to be Carson Soucy or Dakota Joshua. But no, it appears to be Guillaume Brisebois out on the ice in a non-contact uniform with the Canucks prior to their practice.
0: That's unbelievable news, just for uh, Briesbois' sake, let alone, like, hey, what this means for the Cox or anything like that. Put that aside for just a second. Uh, that is unbelievable for him because it, it, it has been a struggle just to get to the stage. So uh, over the moon for Guillaume Prizbal to be able to take this step in his recovery process, that's that's unbelievable, and, and we'll see ultimately what it comes to. But uh, that is uh, – great news to see a guy just back on the ice uh, for for uh, Breezeball. I, I, I thought you were going to say Susie or Joshua their patch. I and, uh, I
3: thought that's what it was, too. When I saw the, the red jersey from up here in the gondola and, um, you know, for a little bit of inside baseball, these guys don't wear numbers on their backs for practice, so uh, mm-hmm. when you're calling the game up in the gondola, you can tell who it is, but for practice you need the binoculars that we've got here, so I was trying to, like, reach for them as we were talking to figure out who this is, and it is indeed Guillaume Brisebois. So you feel great for him because you have to imagine this has been a, a very difficult season for him. And, you know, we're not going to read too much into this because he's, he's just out there right now. Practice hasn't begun. He's wearing a non-contact jersey. But if he can get to the point where he can be a depth option for this organization on the blue line, then maybe that's one less deal you need to make at the trade deadline if Guillaume Brisebois can be an eighth or
0: ninth defenseman for you the rest of the way this year. Uh, Nazar, Brendan, Bachelor. All right, we got in a lot of questions uh, throughout the course of this show here about hey, 11.6. It's more than this guy. It's more than this guy, and it's he makes more than Kachak. He makes more than Kucherov, and what are the tax implications and all this sort of stuff? And what uh, <laughs> what? Wh- while I can provide a certain level of of things that uh, you know, you can try to make sense and put a a guideline to it. Uh, Some people are are significantly better at it than us. And we'll connect with Tom Maynick in just a moment here from the Sport Market, uh, which is coming on our airwaves here at 11 o'clock. But, you know, it it plays a big role in in all this. And uh, let's bring Tom in now, uh, who joins us, host of the Sport Market, again, on our airwaves at 11 o'clock here. Tom... um, a big contract for Elias Patterson, ninety-two point six total money over the course of eight eight years, and there's always a Canadian tax applied to some of these contracts. When you see eleven point six, as much as we can say it's a hometown discount, you do have to get up to a certain point that it matches, you know, some other contracts and the the tax implications of how it plays in as well, right?
5: Uh, absolutely, Bick, and actually that's what makes this contract. In my view, such a win for the Vancouver Canucks, it's a win for Elias Pettersson as well. But when you look at some of the contracts of Nashville Predators and uh, uh, Florida Panthers, where there's no state tax, obviously there's an advantage to the player and the player's camp in in negotiating that and, and advantage for those teams because they don't see that tax passed on. Uh, this is huge in that level and hence the use of signing both bonuses as aggressively as they've done here it's interesting the last 5 years of the contract there's 25 million dollars in signing bonus you know each year 26 27 is the lonely year in which there's no signing bonus it sort of gives you an indication of where their plans are over the next uh, 3 or 4 years but i do think this is a real win and for all the talk, guys, of, you know, Canadian-based teams like the Vancouver Canucks not being in a position to lure and sign some of the big-name free agents and that, you know, some of the top players in the league are allergic to coming to Canada, the facts are that three of the top five, three of the five richest contracts now in the National Hockey League in terms of an AAV are with players on Canadian-based teams, Matthews, uh, McDavid, and now Elias Petterson. And it was close to being three of the top four. So I think, you know, kudos to the Vancouver Canucks uh, for making that happen. And it certainly, I think, will uh, shake up that narrative in terms of where people want to put their, uh, their career commitments.
3: Tom, the thing I'm interested in with a, a contract like this, getting one of your top players locked up, for eight years, getting cost certainty. What does a deal like this do for franchise value? And how important is this to the Canucks, not just from an on-ice perspective in terms of having one of their best players committing here for eight years, but what does it do for them off the ice in terms of the value of their brand and their franchise valuation overall?
5: Brandon, it does a lot at a number of levels. I mean, first of all, certainty is good business and business loves certainty and all of the transactions built around the vancouver canucks franchise everything from season ticket sales to merchandising uh you know uh, buying into additional licensed uh, product all of that takes a big spike upwards because you've now got an additional eight-year horizon moving forward and in terms of franchise value There's no doubt in my mind that this deal, it'll take maybe 12 to 18 months for it to reflect in the Forbes rankings, but the Canucks are currently at about $1.32 billion in franchise valuation, according to Forbes. Uh, But that puts them in that, you know, they've sort of been in and out of 10th to 13th league-wide. But where they were in the 2010, 2011, 2012 period – is basically joining the original six franchises. They were actually higher back then. I think this long-term commitment to a player like Elias Pedersen, combined with some of the other long-term commitments in place, are going to push the Canucks up the standings in terms of franchise value. And there's no question, if you're the Aquilini family, if you're the front office Michael Dorland company on the business side, you're licking your chops now at the way you can market Pedersen for the long term
0: the other thing too I want to talk about and, and you briefly mentioned it there of, of a, a one-year lonely gap where there's no signing bonus it also coincides with the year that the the, it, the CBA is up for negotiation and how much of that plays into the the, the overall negotiation process with whether it be Elias Pedersen or just star players around the league right now the fact that the signing bonus was 22 million of it is in the first two years and then this very uncertain year for the league stability is it, kind of left open there.
5: Yeah, I think it, it first of all, it's such a great question and the layers of that onion will be peeled over these next couple of years, but you look at it from an Elias Petterson point of view, he's got, you know, almost half of his signing bonus in those first two seasons where there's certainty from a Canucks and he's in the third year of the deal doing 11 million dollars. So from his point of view, it's attractive. From the Canucks point of view, you can build their long-term strategic planning around this contract in a number of ways. And I think that the safest way to deal with the uncertainty of the next CBA is to not go too far down any path in terms of signing bonus. And that's exactly what they've done for the 26-27 season.
0: Uh, he is Tom Mayanek. He's getting ready to uh, jump on our airwaves at 11 o'clock with the Sport Market. Uh, Tom, thanks a lot for jumping on with us to uh, hash out some of the finer details of the financial realities uh, of this contract.
5: Hey, always a pleasure. You guys rocked all morning. This is the 12 minutes uh, that are among the most important 12 minutes, the length of the press conference in Canucks history on the business side, for sure.
0: Fantastic. Uh, more more thoughts from Tom Mayenek. Uh, On on everything happening in the sports world Coming up in a handful of minutes Tom, thank you very much Uh, Brendan, uh, any last update from practice you want to throw in here? Uh, looks
3: like Carson Soucy is going to be a full participant as well so practice begins at 11 o'clock so check my twitter feed at batch hockey for updated lines and anything else coming out of practice before the team heads south to Anaheim to face the Ducks tomorrow and that's a five o'clock face-off right here on Sportsnet 650 pre-game show will begin at four and of course you will be on the broadcast as well in the intermissions and on the number five orange post game show
0: Uh, Batch, thank you very much. Uh, That is uh, Brendan Batchelor live from Rogers Arena. All right. A lot of good reaction coming to the inbox, 650-650. You'll be hearing plenty more throughout the course of the day as well because uh, Canucks Central with Sat and Dan, and Canucks Talk with Jamie and Drance are recording their respective podcasts as well. So if you want more details from Sat and Dan, they're coming up uh, later today. You can go on the Canucks Central podcast or also the Canucks Talk podcast with Drance and Dodd. Uh, so you'll be able to find plenty of Pedersen content today on the day he signs a eight-year contract worth $11.6 million Annually, $92.6 million total for Elias Patterson. So uh, we'll have podcasts. Maybe they'll come on our airwaves. I don't have specific details on just that uh, just yet, but uh, they might come live on our airwaves as well. But uh, you will have podcasts from Drance, Dodd, Sat, and Dan all coming throughout the course of your day. I'm Vic Nazar. Big shout out. Uh, days like this cannot ha- happen without uh, emergency special situations and with, with our support staff and our, our ops coming in studio. So big shout-out to Elon Chark for jumping in studio, making sure we can get on airways for your reaction on a day where Elias Petterson signs a deal. So big shout-out to Randeep, Elon, Batch, all joining me, and Tom Mayanek as well. Uh, have a fun day with Elias Petterson locked in for the next eight years. Keep it locked on Sportsnet 650.